Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded March 12th, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. The big thing you need to know today, we think mid-cap, stocks in the Russell mid-cap and S&P 400 indices are intriguing, particularly for investors normally focused on the large cap space. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can now subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it to help other listeners find the show. Now the details. Mid-caps have outperformed large caps since the March 2020 mid-recession lows in the U.S. equity market. They haven't been quite as strong as the Russell 2000 small caps, but they have beaten the S&P 500. We think mid-caps can continue to outperform for three reasons. Reason number one, at the index level, mid-caps simply have more exposure to cyclicals, which have been outperforming strongly, than tech, internet, media, and telecom, otherwise known as TIMT. We see this bias very clearly in terms of market cap weightings. In both the Russell mid-cap and S&P 400 indices, the two primary mid-cap benchmarks, there's more weight in cyclical sectors such as financials, energy, materials, industrials, and consumer discretionary ex-internet than there is in TIMT. Over time, the Russell mid-cap benchmark has generally had more than 50% of its weighting in cyclicals. That's fallen to 46% as TIMT's representation has grown, but the bias to cyclicals over TIMT is still very high. Trends are similar for the S&P 400, another widely used mid-cap benchmark. We also see a bias towards new cyclical leadership in the Russell 2000 small caps but that's not the case for the S&P 500. In the early 1990s, cyclicals made up over 50% of the S&P 500, making it relatively aligned with U.S. economic trends, while TIMT accounted for less than 20%. But by 2019, these biases had flipped, transforming the S&P 500 into more of a secular growth basket. Their cyclical bias gives the mid- and small-cap indices an inherent advantage over the S&P 500 as market leadership moves away from secular growth and back towards value-oriented cyclicals and commodities. Reason number two that we like mid-caps? Mid-caps simply don't look over-owned yet. Our work suggests that mid-caps still have plenty of runway from a positioning perspective. In the futures market, mid-cap positioning has not been close to past extremes, either on a dollar value basis or the number of contracts owned. There's been an uptrend in positioning, a catch-up trade essentially, that's remained intact in recent weeks. This stands in contrast to NASDAQ, where futures market positioning has been retreating for the past five weeks, with downtrends from post-2014 peaks on both dollar value and the number of contracts owned. We think this helps explain why the growth trade has been so turbulent recently, and the fact that positioning hasn't yet returned to 2018 lows suggests the unwind in the growth complex isn't finished yet. What we see in mid-cap positioning also stands in contrast to S&P 500 futures positioning, which has been at or above pre-2020 highs on a dollar value basis. Positioning in that segment has started to trend lower in recent weeks. Interestingly, Current levels of Russell 2000 futures positioning look more like that of the S&P 500 than the mid-caps right now. Our third reason for liking mid-caps? Like the reflation trade generally, we still see valuation opportunity in mid-cap. Relative forward PE comparisons indicate that mid-cap valuations remain very attractive versus large-cap, despite the recent outperformance of mid-cap. 
Mid caps are also starting to look more reasonably valued relative to small cap. The relative multiple is still a bit above average, but it has improved dramatically. Additionally, within the Russell 1000, a broad universe that many institutional investors who specialize in large cap consider to be their relevant universe, stocks in the bottom two quintiles of market cap currently offer the most reasonable PEs. Right now, those bottom two quintiles include stocks under 10 billion market cap. One final thought, mid caps are also a backdoor way for large cap investors to combat the low quality trade. The question about whether mid caps look interesting has been coming up in our discussions with long only investors about how they can mitigate the impact of the low quality bent to market performance on their portfolios. Since last March, stocks in the Russell 1000 with low ROE, high debt, and high short interest, along with low market cap, have been outperforming. This is something that's typical coming out of the last three recessions. High quality on the ROE, leverage, and short interest factors is usually seen over time, however, and so many institutional investors have been reluctant to move into the lower quality parts of the market because of that. But things are entirely different when it comes to the market cap trade. In the Russell 1000, low market cap has actually performed best over time, making it a post-recession trade that makes more sense to chase. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Please reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.